Luke chapter 22, we're going to read verses 14 through verse 20. If you would and you have the means and are able, I would ask, I know we stand a lot, but this is in reverence of reading God's Word. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 14. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you ain't there, say hold on. All right, here we go. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you that I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, he said, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. You can be seated. This morning I want to talk to you for just a, a few minutes. Um, I figured with the testimonies that, um, that, that I wouldn't have the amount of time, so um, I decided this morning that I was going to focus all of our attention toward the Lord's Supper. And so I want to ask or actually answer the question this morning, what is the Lord's Supper? What is it that we are doing here? And what, why is it that we partake of this uh, uh, when we do? And so the first thing I want you to pay attention to is that in verse 19 of Luke 22, it says that he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them and he said, this is my body, it's given for you, do this in remembrance of me. So the first thing I want you to notice is that the Lord's Supper is an ordinance. It is not a sacrament. It is an ordinance. Now the reason I distinguish between the two is because there are some faiths that actually believe that when you partake of this right here, it is the way that God imparts His salvation to you. That's what a sacrament means. It means that, that it is actually something that you have to do in order for God's saving grace to be imparted to you. We believe that salvation comes by faith and faith alone. By faith and faith alone. This morning, we do not practice a sacrament. We practice an ordinance. And an ordinance is an established command or a law that has been prescribed for us to do. Notice again what he said. <coughs> Excuse me. Do this. If God comes down and tells you, do this, that is a command, correct? Jesus is leaving for us before He goes to be with His Father and before He departs to even be crucified, He tells them, do this. This is something that I want you to do. Now listen, the next thing I want you to understand is not only is it an ordinance, but it is also a memorial meal. It is a command that He's given us to do, but it is a command to have a meal that is a memorial. Do this in what? 
Now at this time, has Jesus died yet? Not yet. So if this were a meal that he meant to only be a one-time thing, do you think that he would have said, do this in remembrance of me? So he was establishing for us a ceremony and a memorial ceremony so that we would be able to sit down and have a time that we remember something. And something that hasn't even took place yet when he does it. So he tells us, this is a command that I'm giving you. It is an ordinance, but it is an ordinance to have a memorial meal so that you remember what I have done for you. Now another thing I want you to notice, if you were to go back up to verse uh, 15, it says that he had said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Before I suffer. He knows he's establishing a memorial meal so that you can do something to remember what he is fixing to do for all of mankind. But he's doing it during a time of the Passover. And I want you to understand why. Go back with me to Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 12 through 14 is where we'll start with you're going to see the establishment of the Passover. For those of you that have um, pretty good biblical knowledge of the Old Testament, you'll remember that God's people were in slavery for 400 years in Egypt. God heard their cry as they were oppressed by the Egyptians, and He came and He sent Moses to deliver them. And then He comes in, and this is where we get into the last plague, And the last plague, God is going to go through Egypt and He's going to wipe out all of the firstborn children in Egypt. So God's wrath is fixing to pass over all of these people, including the Israelites that are in Egypt. But there's going to be an exception. Look what He says in verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will what? I will pass over you. In other words, you're not exempt from being in the same sin condition that all the rest of the world is. The only thing that separates you from any other person in this world is the blood. That's it. He says, the blood shall be a sign for you. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And then look at verse 14. This day shall be for you a what? A memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Now go with me to the same chapter, Exodus 12, but go go over to verse 24 through 27. In verse 24 he says, You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as He has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, 
What do you mean by this service? You shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and they worshipped. So one of the things that I want you to focus on and learn right here is that Jesus did not give us this as just a one-time thing. He gave us this meal right here as a way for us to remember him, but also to teach. This is also a very special time for your children. Jesus gave us this meal during the time of the Passover. Do you think that was a coincidence? I don't. God don't do anything by coincidences. He wanted us to understand that in the same way that the Passover was the Israelite celebration and their remembrance of when God passed over them and spared them from all the plagues. And basically here's what you can say. God spared them from all of his wrath. And so in the same way that the Israelites celebrated that through the Passover, he said, listen... I am now going to be the lamb that will shed the blood and God will pass over you with his wrath because of the blood that is on your home, because of the blood that is on your life. And so this is also a time for you. Remember what he said. Um, I, I think it was verse 26, it may have been. But anyway, he said, When your children ask you in time to come, what do you mean by this service? You know, it's a good thing for you to be sitting here this morning and take that cup and your children look at it and go, what is that? And according to Christ, go uh, when, when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? Go on to the next part. You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt. This is a great time. You know, a lot of people have asked me over the years, should I let my children partake in this or should I not? You know, ultimately that's up to you, honestly. I don't believe it's going to be right or wrong either way. I believe ultimately you need to determine what is good for your children and you need to make sure that it's not something that you just give them and it's not something that this ain't tea time. This is time that we sit down and we remember that this is the service that we do, that we remember the Lord's Passover, that Jesus Christ's body was broken for me and for you, and you need to be a personal testimony to your children so that when you partake of that, you can teach them to say, this is the Lord's Passover for my life, and it can be for yours too. And this is a great time. So the Lord's Supper is an ordinance commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ himself as a memorial meal. It is a time to remember. It is a time to celebrate. And it is a time to teach how Christ has caused God's wrath to pass over anyone that is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. The next thing. It is not for everyone. The Lord's Supper is not for everyone. Now again, whether you let your children take it or not, that's completely up to you. Can it be for your children? Absolutely. As long as you're teaching them correctly about what this represents. But it is not for 
everyone. It is for assembled believers. This is important. Now, would it be appropriate for me to take the Lord's Supper to the nursing home in a place to where it's just me and another believer assembled and do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But primarily, this meal was put together for assembled believers. It was for a time such as this. See, Jesus knew that there was going to be an assembly of believers. And because of that, he did it when they came together. But look with me, if you would, at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17 through 20. 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse 17 through 20. Excuse me. It says, But in the following instructions I do not commend you, because when you what? Come together, it is not for the better, but for the worst. For in the first place, when you what? Come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must in fact be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. Now here's what you need to understand. If you were to go on and we were to read this whole thing, they have assembled together for church, correct? But in the church, since they have assembled together, they have come together and they have decided that this is just a meal. There's no, um, there's no significance in it. There's no, um, there's no faith in it. There is absolutely no concern with it. They come together and one of them eats till he's full. Another one comes in and there's nothing left. And Paul comes in and says, Listen, when you come together, it ain't the Lord's Supper you're eating. That ain't the Lord's Supper. What you're doing is nothing of what the Lord has commanded and established us to do. It has nothing to do with remembrance when you come together and do it. It has nothing to do with the celebration of what He has done for us when you come together and do it. It has nothing to do with teaching your children and teaching those around you of what Christ has done in your life when you come together. So when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat. So one of the things that I want you to notice here is this. is again, it is not for everyone. It is for when we come together as assembled believers, it is a time to celebrate together. It is a time to remember together. Now again, I'm not saying it's anything wrong with even a group of Christians that get together in their house and do it. It is for the assembled believers, no matter where they are, but primarily for the, the corporate gathering of assembled believers. So it is not for everyone. We don't do it in secret. It's not something we do in secret. Matter of fact, he actually says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till I come. What does it mean to proclaim something? Are you trying to hide it if you're proclaiming it? No. So it's not something we're doing in secret, but it is for the assembled believers, and that is what it is, it is who it is for. So again, it's not for everyone. Look with me at verse 33 in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 33. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, and again, he's talking about eating the Lord's Supper. So my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. 
Go with me one more scripture. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, when we were what? To do what? So again, in the scriptures we see that this was for assembled believers and it was for the time when they came together whether it was the first day of the week or whenever they came together, it was for them to be able to come together to remember, to celebrate, and to teach. So that is the second thing. <clears throat> Lastly, if I can find it, there is a way to do it. I lost my last note, so I'm going to have to go off my head. There is a way. Yeah, somebody said, uh-oh. Mm -hmm. There is a way for you to be able to partake of this supper. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe it is. Did I give you that scripture? Give me a minute to find it if I didn't. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, all right. Let's start in verse um, 16 apparently. It says, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ, the bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. And then he gives an example. See, here's what he's told us. He said, when you partake of this body and when you partake of this blood, it is a participation in the blood of Jesus Christ and in the body of Jesus Christ. But then he wants you to understand what that means. He says in verse 18, Consider the people of Israel. So again, he goes back to the way they did it in the Old Testament. He says, Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? So here's what he wants you to understand. When you were in the Old Testament and before Christ come, in order to have forgiveness of sins, you were to bring an unblemished young male animal. It was a perfect sacrifice, a spotless lamb, and you were to sacrifice this lamb. And then you were to partake of this lamb. You were to eat from it. And here's the thing you need to understand. They did not get salvation because they eat. Do you know that a stranger could have came in and ate from that? Would that have meant that they were saved? No. no. It was the faith that they put in the fact that here's what God said. You do this and I'm going to do this. And they said, God, we believe you. And by faith, God did what he said he would do. And so when we partake of this right here, we need to make sure that we understand there is a way for us to do it. Here's what they would do in order for it to be done in the proper manner. They would come in and they would sacrifice the animal and then they would eat of the animal in remembrance. Again, remember, they did this as a memorial. And they would do this so that as they ate, they remembered that the Lord was forgiving their sin because of the sacrifice that had been given. And so this morning, you have to be careful that you understand. You can come in here and take this cracker and drink this juice and it be absolutely nothing to you. Or you can come in here and do it by faith. There's a way for you to do it. You come in here believing that God 
has said that those who are covered by the blood of Jesus shall be saved. Whoever confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and whoever believes in their heart that God has raised Him from the dead, they shall be saved. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God will keep His word? That is faith. And because of that, you are saved. And then these are the works of your faith. Now you are partaking and becoming a participant in what Christ has done for you through faith. And as you do this, you mentally do it by faith and you, you do it in an act of worship and you do it as a way that you remember that this is Christ's broken body and it was broken for me. This is Christ's shed blood and it was shed for me so that I will be forgiven from God's wrath and be forgiven from my sin and He will pass over me with His wrath and I will spend eternity with Him because of what has been done through Jesus Christ. That's what the Lord's Supper is this morning.